Father's Business was founded by Sylvia Gunter to encourage people to a deeper relationship with God. I'm Elizabeth Gunter Powell. And I am Kimberly Roddy. Welcome to the Father's Business Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. Well, welcome everyone. We are starting a new series on our Ruach Journey Study. If you have not purchased this study, we'd encourage you to go do that. You may already have the study. You may be doing this study with a group of people right now. Lots of different options for how to do the study. But if you want to go to thefathersbusiness.com and go to our store, you can purchase this study kit there. It is a great resource. You can do it alone. You can do it with others. We want to provide you the opportunity over the next few weeks to do this with us, alongside us. We'll also be creating a Facebook group that you can join where you can interact with other people, and it'll give you the opportunity to, if you're not in a small group, it'll give you a virtual small group to be a part of. We're going to kick off today with what is titled Session Zero in our study. The passion behind this, this session in particular is that we really hope and pray that you hear that you are a masterpiece created by God, that you are deeply loved. We want you to know that God longs for you to connect with him spirit to spirit. It may feel like drops of water hitting very dry places. And we hope that once you begin to feel God speaking to your spirit, that you will want more. This is an invitation to be intentional, to connect with God and nourish your own spirit. We need nourishment every day in our physical body. And so you got to think about it. Your spirit needs nourishment too. We know that it's it's hard to nourish our spirit. And it's also really hard to see ourselves as a masterpiece. So mm. Elizabeth, when you think about that idea of masterpiece and you think about that word, what does that word mean to you? And do you believe that you truly are a masterpiece of his creation and that you were a masterpiece long before you ever showed up on this earth? On a good day, yes, I mm-hmm. I can receive that I am a masterpiece. It's a very humbling thing to think about because you think of all that is in creation and, you know, just even like the Grand Canyon or the stars in the sky or even just looking out my window at the beautiful trees that are soon going to be changing into brilliant colors. And it's easy to call those things masterpieces but oftentimes, I mean, for me, and I think for all of us, if we're honest, when someone asks you to describe yourself, what first pops into my mind is not the brilliant things about me. There's a pretty strong critic inside of me. And so I always see what could be improved. I think also as women, we're also very quick um, when someone even gives us a compliment. You look really good today. Oh, well, you know, it's just... Um, I had my hair done or they like they they compliment your outfit and you're real quick to tell them, oh, well, I got it on sale uh, at this place. Like we downplay a compliment rather than just saying, thank you. Thank you. That makes me feel good. Thank you. In some ways, it's hard for me to feel that I'm a masterpiece. I think my head can believe it because I believe God's word is true. And I do believe that I've been made in his image and I believe that I am created spirit, soul, and body. But do I always feel like a masterpiece? Not necessarily. How about you, Kimberly? Well, when you think of, I have another question for you first. (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) When you think of masterpieces, Mm -hmm. what do you picture? Um, When I think of the word masterpiece, I think my first thought goes to like artwork. Yeah. And it's not just any piece of art. It's a piece of art that 
captures my attention. It it moves me. There's a beauty to it. And there's also a timelessness to it. Someone doesn't paint something today and tomorrow we call it a masterpiece. But over time, it is proven to be a masterpiece. Um, and in some ways, I think that's true in our own story. If we look at the circumstances we find ourselves in in this moment, we don't know the whole story. We don't know all the of what God is painting and all of what God is doing in our lives. But I do believe as we all get to the end of our lives or to the end of a season and you can look back and you see the fingerprints of God, you see the way God has been moving in you, you see the way he's grown you and you're not the same person that you were five, 10 years ago, then that's where I can begin to believe, yes, I'm a masterpiece because of what God has been doing in me. Yeah. I was thinking about art and I was thinking about you and I both recently went to the Van Gogh exhibit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In, our, in our cities, I know it's been touring around the um, the immersive Van Gogh immersive experience. Yes, and that was um, awesome. Yeah, it was. And so, you know, Van Gogh did not think he was creating masterpieces at all. He was troubled in a lot of ways with his art and his process. But I think about just being there. I know I told you being there and seeing the art. It moves you to a deep level that's that's almost hard to describe at times. Mm-hmm. And I think like when I really think about that and I think about scripture saying, I am a masterpiece, I think that's a really powerful analogy and powerful language to think about God sees us as a, ma- like, it's almost indescribable, right? Like just yeah. think about how we view a masterpiece and then thinking about that's how God views us. Right. And if I could begin to see myself as a masterpiece and as he sees me and truly believe it and receive it and live in it, then I would live so differently. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And that's so much, I think of where this study is going to take us uh, through the, through the weeks ahead. That is like foundational to understanding God sees us so differently. And if I can understand that I was a masterpiece before I ever even showed up on the earth because I was created by him, that's that's a powerful thing to think about. Definitely is. And it takes all of the performance out of it. Mm-hmm. You're not a masterpiece because you've done all these great things for God. Mm-hmm. You're a masterpiece because God breathed you into existence and he likes what he made. And so much of our insecurity and even I think a lot of the jealousy and other things that crop up in our relationships is because we're not settled in that belovedness from God first. And I I don't even remember who it is. I've heard several people do it, but somewhere recently, someone challenged people to describe themselves without talking about what they do. So who are you? Not you know, well, I'm, you know, I'm in ministry, I'm this, whatever, but who are you? And it was so powerful as I I listened to the people in this group. If I'm answering that question, who am I? You know, what makes me me kind of things, not just, I mean, yes, it is true. I'm a beloved child of God most high, but like, what makes me me? I love dark chocolate. I love time on a swing. I am a recreational napper. I love very intelligent humor. 
I, I just enjoy people that have that quick wit and can make up a joke that you got to jump two or three hoops through to to get to the punchline. I am loyal to a hilt to the people that I love. I'm caring. I'm giving. They listed off all these things, and those that would kind of be the beginning of my list for me. And then the lady leading the groups just said, God loves all of that. He thinks all of that is great. And I just remember kind of tearing up going, he loves the fact that I think a day with a nap in it is the best thing ever because he created my body that way, you know, and not, not everyone enjoys a nap, but I love a good nap. I love a swing. You know, for Kimberly, I know you, you have to be near the beach and, and that makes you come alive and, and God has planted you right there where you can get to a beach. And so the things that make you uniquely you that I delight in, God delights in so much more. And so that's part of this masterpiece thing is one, yes, understanding the theology, we are the beloved daughter of God most high. But beyond that, even the quirky little things that we do that other people might find annoying, God delights in them because he breathed that into us. Those are a piece of God too. Like he's you know, we're made in his image and we're so different. We're so complex and intricate and, and it shows the vastness and the bigness of God. Right. And so his, his identity is in us. The essence of his identity is breathed into us. And so in, in this session, you guys talk about, uh, we are a carrier Mm -hmm. of the breath of God. Mm -hmm. And if I think about that, then maybe that should affect the way I see myself and the way I see others. (laughs) Right. I, I like focusing on the see myself part. <laughs> Let's focus on that first. Cause yes, I do believe if I am truly believing and living in that alignment of father, son, and Holy spirit with spirit, soul, and body, and I'm walking into my day going, whatever happens today, I am a carrier of the breath of God. I walk into a room with a type of God confidence, not self-confidence, but there's just a way I carry myself when I believe that versus days, and it's so easy to do, that you forget that truth. Mm -hmm. And I can then sometimes walk into a room apologizing for who I am. I like to focus on that part, but the harder part is also everyone else around me is also a carrier of the breath of God. And sometimes I need to be reminded of that as I think about the way that I see them and I interact with them. Yeah. As you were saying that, I was thinking about the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like there's an essence there. There's not a third commandment to love yourself, Mm. but there is like, I think Jesus is assuming you're going to have a God identity. Like Mm -hmm. see, you're Mm going to see yourself as I made you and therefore you will love yourself as I love you. And therefore after you love me, then you can love others because right. you're loving yourself. And so it is a, right. it's, it's all gotta be connected there. It changes the way we treat ourselves and the way we treat others. Um, Absolutely. And it's a lot of times will society and culture uses phrase like have good self-talk or um, treat yourself kindly, self-care. Those kinds of phrases are used in like psychological world or whatever. And I'm thinking, it's the essence of what Jesus says to us too, through his spirit, like through the the truth of the gospel and through the truth through the truth of scripture. It mm-hmm. it's not like conjured up from ourselves, but it is right. understanding who we are through the lens of our creator, how he has created us. And so the things you were talking about, like 
a recreational napper and loving to laugh and loving humor and wit, like all of those things are a piece of who God is. And he is giving us a representation of himself through mm-hmm. Elizabeth. You know, when we live together, it's, I, I have a little bit more energy at times and less energy at times than you do. <laughs> so there mm-hmm. were times where it's like, I want to keep going. And you're like, I want to rest. And and we can get frustrated with those things rather than recognizing, you know, maybe God's spirit is using Elizabeth to remind me to slow down at times mm-hmm. um, and be able to to just see how God is wanting to work in us through other people. It is a choice to live in that place of I am a masterpiece. Um, But I think, Kimberly, it's so much easier to do that when we're practicing the discipline of nourishing our spirit. You said uh, a little earlier that, you know, it's, it's easy not to and because we just don't take the time to do it. Or sadly, sometimes it's the last thing I think about rather than the first thing that I think about. And you mentioned earlier, just like we nourish our physical body, we have to nourish our spirit as well. And it kind of made me laugh when you said it, because there's been several times this summer, it has been extremely hot here in Alabama. And there have been several times this summer where I haven't been drinking enough water. And then it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and you go outside and you get in trouble quick. And it's almost like you have to preload the water in your body earlier in the morning and not wait till it's two o'clock and you haven't had enough to drink and you're outside and it's hot before you start drinking the water. And I don't enjoy drinking water. Water is not fun to me. So I have to be disciplined in that physical. And so as you talked about, you know, we, we have to take care of our body as well as our spirit. I was like, well, there's times this summer I didn't take care of either one. And it showed. So it is a struggle. I think part of that is our own choice. I also think the enemy will do anything to distract us so that we don't remember that we need to spend time nourishing our spirit. Elizabeth, we have your personal translation of Job 10, 12. I want to read that. It says, you have fashioned, crafted, and made my life and your zealous love and kindness, your favor, custody, and care have kept and guarded me and given heed of my spirit like a gardener watches his garden or a shepherd watches his flock. When you were just talking about the idea of nourishing your spirit, Mm. just this morning, I was tending to our yard (laughs) and there are weeds everywhere. (laughs) And it's because we have not taken the time over the summer, as you were just saying, it's been incredibly hot. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't want to go out there. If you go out there and you pull a few weeds every day, it's good, right? That's maintenance. We all love maintenance. (laughs) No. (laughs) But most of us don't do that. And so it's the same. Like you're talking about needing, we were saying earlier, need to nourish our physical body. We have to take care of our yards, our cars, all the things that we have to nourish and take care of. We can't just leave our spirit unattended to, because if we don't nourish our spirit, who will? Right. In this particular translation of this verse, the idea of God as a gardener watching his garden, caring Mm. about the weeds. You know, there's the quotes about pruning things and how those those things are good for us, even though they may not feel good at the time or weeding pulls up things that don't need to be there for new growth to come. Mm -hmm. And the other analogy there is God is our shepherd. 
mm-hmm. watching over the flock. And I often think about the shepherd's rod, right? It's got the, the right. one end that, that prods the sheep and the other end that pulls them back, grabs the hook mm-hmm. around their their neck or their bodies, mm-hmm. to pull them back from falling off the cliff because sheep are just sheep. <laughs> They're not real smart. Right. Yep. When I think about the idea of God being a gardener and a shepherd, I like that idea. Like it, it's comforting to think that he is watching me, that he's tending to me, that he cares for me. But if I'm honest, like I want to resist it a lot because mm. it's just kind of invasive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it yeah. like, mm-hmm. can I just do what I want to do? And can we just not worry about dealing with that right now? I don't want to deal with that part of my uh, personality or my sin or that character flaw or whatever. I, I don't want to mm-hmm. deal with that. That like my my spirit just wants to stay kind of small so mm. that other things can rule and reign. Um, mm. And that's just honest, right? Like it's just, yeah, I want to turn to those broken cisterns because they feel good. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way too? Or is it just me? <laughs> um, well, I have two responses to that yeah. because at first I'm like, how very interesting. I've never had that reaction to that verse because I find comfort in the fact that even before I understood who he was, he knew who I was. I've always struggled with wondering if people truly get me. Does anyone really understand me? My take from that verse is more along the lines of there's been someone there all along who understands me, even when I've been so misunderstood by people that I thought should understand me better. As, yeah, I like that. I'm going to cling yeah, to yeah. that side of it. <laughs> cling to that side of it. But as you're speaking, yeah, I mean, I've never associated with this, with the idea that the gardener, not only is he there to care for me, but he's also there to prune me. Um, and sometimes, you know, you get the prod end of the stick from the shepherd. But yeah, I I have the same struggle just because I know my spirit's supposed to be in the lead and my spirit, soul, and body are supposed to be in alignment with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit doesn't mean that I always choose it because we've talked some about broken cisterns. We get into it deeper in actually in the rock journey study as we get farther into this. I like broken cisterns. They're fun. When I'm struggling and I've had a hard day, I remember even calling you uh, from the parking lot of a drugstore not too long ago where I had picked up something delicious and chocolate. And I said, Kimberly, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to do it anyway, because it had been a really frustrating day. And so sometimes the comfort of, you know, for me, one of my broken cisterns is sugar. The, The sugar is just my friend sometimes, and I enjoy eating it. It gives me that immediate feeling of satisfaction. It is a control issue because I can call out to God and wait for him to answer, or I can eat this chocolate right now. And in some way for a very short term, emotionally, I'll feel better. So yes, this is a new thought for me, Kimberly. And I'm glad you're kind of stirring that way because I just kind of assume everyone has the same reaction I do that isn't it awesome that we have someone who's so involved in our lives. And at the same time, yes, there are days when I'm like, God, I know the right answer. Like I know the biblical thing to do here, but I don't feel like doing that. Because this is hard and I am weak and I am frail. And sometimes I'm able to call out to him and say, will you help me? And he shows up. And some days I'm eating chocolate in the parking lot and calling you and saying, I need you to pray for me because all I want to do is sit in the parking lot and eat chocolate because life is hard. So th- this is this is a good conversation because I've never thought of the gardener and the shepherd also being intrusive. I had a counselor one time when I was a youth director and there was a student 
that was involved in some things that I knew were not what they needed to be doing, nor what they really wanted to be doing in their heart. Cause I knew the student pretty well. And I was talking to the counselor and I was like, what do you think I should do? And the counselor said, do you think that you're one of their shepherds? And I said, well, yeah, I am. And the, and the counselor said, well, sometimes the shepherd has to go break the sheep's legs. Mm. And mm. that has stuck with me because I, I did, I confronted the student and years later that student and I have had wonderful conversations about um, how grateful they were and how their life is where their life is now and some praise for that. But at the time I was scared. I was yeah. scared to go break the sheep's legs, but there's an essence there to where we have to trust the character of God and the goodness mm-hmm. of God and the love mm-hmm. and the, the, um, his sovereignty and his, his, like, he's not going to be just mm-hmm. untrue to his character. And so I think that's where also this conversation is making me think about like being aligned with his spirit, my spirit being aligned mm-hmm. with his spirit, because I may, mm-hmm. I value freedom. You know, I just value freedom. <laughs> it's the reason I love the beach because it's wide open. It's the reason I love my convertible, but that freedom can is also sometimes what makes me want to push against mm-hmm. being gardened or being shepherded. Right. right? Yes. Yeah. And yet I know truly deep within me, I do want to be aligned with his spirit. One of the other analogies that we use in session zero is the cycle of a butterfly. Yeah. It's always interesting to think about the cycle of a butterfly. How do you think that that cycle of a butterfly, like, do we go through that one time and we're mature or like, what's that look like? Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I, I, I know we use the example of the butterfly in the video teaching part. And we talk about how all the DNA of the butterfly is in the egg and the caterpillar when it's in there. And there's a stage and a process for that caterpillar to turn into a butterfly. And in some ways, I mean, when we become a Christian, I think, yes, that is a one-time turn from a caterpillar to to a butterfly situation. But in the daily walk with Jesus through our life, I don't think it's just a, I used to be a caterpillar and now I'm a butterfly because the conversation we were just having, some days I choose to live in alignment with God and some days I don't. And so some days I choose to live more in the butterfly of myself, the adult form emerges and I'm living in that fullness. And then other days I don't want to. Um, And I think also there are seasons to life and different things. You know, God takes us through different experiences to teach us more of who he is and who we are in him. In a lot of ways, I would say back when we were leading conferences and I was out and felt like I was on the front line of ministry and doing all that, that felt very much like a butterfly stage, right? And so I'm thinking, oh, this is awesome. And I'm a butterfly. Well, then several things happen. You know, there's sickness in in my family and my dad and mom both need more attention from me. COVID hits and the world shuts down. And so in a lot of ways, the last couple of years, because of the experiences I've been going through, I feel kind of like I've been back in the cocoon. And that's not to say that I've lost any of the essence of the fullness of my walk with God. But for this particular season, it feels much more like a cocoon than it felt like the butterfly stage. And so over the past couple of months, and even starting this podcast with you a year ago, Kimberly, was kind of a first nudge, but I still kind of feel like the butterfly that's kind of 
unwinding from the very intense season I've been living in. So what does it look like now? And having time to now that you're not always waiting for the phone to ring and the next urgent thing to happen, especially with my dad's care, I have the time to sit with God and go, okay, God, what, what was that? What did you grow in me? How did, what did I learn of you and time to reflect? And I still am reflecting. And so I think all of us in different relationships, we can be in different stages of the butterfly. We may be a caterpillar or in the cocoon or fluttering around like a butterfly. But I think it's almost like a two-layer thing. In what essence, yes, I believe in the fullness of who I am and God and the the masterpiece that I am. And so therefore, yes, I am a butterfly. But situationally and circumstances, I can be in different stages of that butterfly analogy. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So it's a it's us moving in and out of those stages in our spiritual journey. Like you said, there's right. there's a there's a salvation element there with it being a new creation, but then throughout that spiritual journey of sanctification, we can kind of move in and out of those of those four stages. You were just sharing a little bit about where you've been over the last couple of months and years. How do you, this may be too personal of a question, but here we are doing a study, right? How do you need right. to grow to experience more of the life that Jesus already given you right now? Like, where do you think you are in that, in that piece? I don't, I don't mind answering that question. So much of, especially the last two years of my dad's life, I, I had to, maybe I didn't have to, but I did. I lived life on adrenaline. You just never knew when the next crisis was going to hit. And so in a lot of ways, I have had to Take time to ask God, how is my spirit doing? How is my soul? How is my body? Body wise, also, when you're not getting enough sleep and you're always on the go, 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 I wasn't eating well. And so I have had to take some disciplined ste- steps to get my physical health back where it needs to be. And I, I am doing that and I feel much better. And sleeping through the night is great. I highly recommend it for everyone. So that has also improved a lot. On the soul level, I've had to spend some time with friends and counselors and other people in my life, just kind of talking about what is the emotional toll of the last season. And then on the on the spirit realm, sometimes all I had time to pray was Jesus' help. And so it has been having to relearn the rhythms of my own spiritual disciplines and not allowing all this free time that I have, which is not really free time, but the feeling that I'm not always going to be ready to go out the door at a moment's notice. How do I live life back more in that rhythm of God's unforced rhythms of grace, as the, the it says in, in Matthew in the, in the message translation, and just really wrestling with that question of, okay, what, what do I need to do to make sure I am carving out the time to nourish spirit, soul, and body in my own life. Um, And so that has been part, I think, of that breaking out of the cocoon thing for me is, okay, if we're going to be a butterfly, not only do we not need to be physically dehydrated, but we don't need to be spiritually dehydrated uh, as well. So uh, I'm a work in progress, but it's it's a season where I'm like trying to remember. And this is something I think we'll talk about in a later session is like, okay, what are things that do make you come alive? What are things that nourish you. So what music 
reminds you of the goodness of God. What, you know, even going and seeing the Van Gogh exhibit, just a, a, exposing myself to beauty sp- speaks deeply to me. Taking time to go out of town for a weekend and pull away from everything speaks to me. So starting to be intentional with spirit, soul, and body to nourish those things so that I can grow and so that I can be stronger and more in that adult butterfly stage. I hope that answers the question. I think it does. And I appreciate you sharing that and being vulnerable. I know sometimes, you know, people can just listen to this podcast and see Elizabeth and Kimberly is the one running the show over here, but we're in the, we're in the journey with everybody here. And so, yeah. um, So um, uh, Kimberly, I'd like to kind of toss that question back to you as you kind of think through the different stages of butterfly and some of the things that you're going through now, where are you and how do you need to uh, grow in your experience of more of the life of Jesus? that he's already given you. Yeah, I'm I enjoyed asking you that question cuz I'm not exactly sure how I would answer that to be honest for myself. Um and, and that's, that's okay too to yeah, not know. I'm just not sure and that's probably because there's multiple things going on. I do think that there like you referred to earlier when when you were doing conferences there there have been seasons in my li- seasons in my life where I was completely living in my passion and my gifts. Um, vocationally and personally, and completely felt like I was emerging and living, freeing, and reproducing myself as that mm-hmm. adult butterfly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a piece of that that I that I think is still existing, but it's definitely not as strong as it has been in other seasons. And there are pieces of me over the last year, personally and spiritually, that have kind of been back at that beginning stage of beginning life reevaluating some things, taking a look at some core things in my own life personally. And so so that's kind of just a you know an interesting dynamic to think, okay, parts of me is feels like the adult and it's like life full of life and reproduction. And then part of me feels like that beginning stage. And so I I think mm-hmm. it's a combination of all of that. Yeah. Um, and so definitely want to I want to continue working through when I think about where to go how do I need to grow? It's like, I want to continue living and thriving in that adult reproductive living freely, emerging with God's spirit and my spirit aligned. And I also want to grow and develop that, that little egg that's just bringing life in some areas. I want those things, those areas to flourish and grow and, um, and see what God has there. So yeah, it's a little bit of all of that. I'm interesting, just a connection I'm making in my head as we're sitting here talking about this. We talked a couple of weeks ago just about the importance of community and the need for community. And I think for both of us, specifically when it comes to this area of Ruach journey and and spirit, soul, and body, you were part of our leadership team. And we have a great group of leaders that I have missed dearly because we had to stop hosting conferences in 2018. One, because God kind of said, take a break. We had no idea COVID was coming. I also didn't know that things with my dad were going to turn. So looking back now, I understand why he did. But when we were doing those conferences all those years, there was this natural rhythm where not only were we giving of ourselves to other people at conferences, but our community of leaders got together and were encouraging each other, both in person and over email a whole lot more because we were all praying for and sharing and blessing each other and doing all these all these practices that we're going to talk about in Rock Journey as a group. And just, you know, time, distance and everything else going on in the world, we've kind of not been able to do that as much. And I think that also 
that's the the important piece about community, which is why I'm hopeful that this Facebook page that we're going to do for Rock Journey will allow uh, a lot of people from hopefully around the world to just have a place where you can say, hey, I heard this song today and it spoke to my spirit, wanted to share it with you or read a blessing that someone else wrote or just this ability to share and encourage and spur each other on because on your own, it's really hard to stay engaged and nourishing yourself and feeling like God is really speaking to you. So yeah. I don't think we, any of us, we've talked about this before, none of us fully understand the impact of the isolation of 2020 on our lives. We're all in some ways coming out of a cocoon as as a culture. And um, I'm just really excited about our ability to be hopefully another voice in people's lives to help encourage them in their own walk with God. Yeah, for sure. One way that I would love to encourage people listening to this podcast today is to think about that very question that you and I were just discussing for themselves. If they haven't, take the time to sit down and identify those four stages in the life cycle of the butterfly, the the metamorphosis, and, and think about how we move in and out of that. And where is your spirit aligned with God's spirit? Where are you on the journey? And what do you need to grow to experience more of the life that God, that Jesus has already given you? The other thing that was coming to mind before we wrap up this conversation that I'd love to challenge our listeners with is that idea of a masterpiece, kind of going back to that. One of the questions that we have in the study guide, if you get a copy of the Rock Journey study guide, the group discussion questions are on page 11, and then there's some continuing discussions between sessions on page 13 and 14. One of the things that I think would be really good for our listeners to do, just one of the encouragements I want to give you is create a masterpiece picture of yourself. Find or print a picture of yourself and put it on a piece of paper with lots of blank space around it. Describe yourself as God's masterpiece in the blank space. Be creative. Use words, phrases, or drawings that speak of how he sees you, the real you. Kimberly, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. That's a way of doing that exercise that I was talking about when you describe who you are, not what you do. And this is a completely secular song, but I love how oftentimes when I'm in a store, this is the song that plays, you may be familiar with it by Billy Joel. I like you just the way you are. And that is a song that God has used to speak really deeply to me because basic the essence of the song is that I hear it as God singing it, not Billy Joel singing it. So God is singing, don't go changing to try to please me. I like you just the way you are. And so that that exercise that we're talking about doing is a way for us to celebrate the uniqueness of who God made us and to know that he likes what he has made because for everything that he created, he said it was good. And so as we close today, we pray that you will receive this blessing. If Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. From Romans 8, 10 through 11. You are alive in the spirit of God. God sent his son into the world that you might live through him. He has awakened your spirit through his righteousness. He desires your spirit to partner with him day by day. You are designed to live rejoicing in God. Paul prayed that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being in Ephesians 3.16. Rise up into all the strength and power God has for you. 
Your father intends for you to be strong and enlarged in him. Exchange slumber and passivity for the glory of being awakened in him. The Holy Spirit is present in you, igniting revelation of who you really are. Your spirit is wonderfully designed to do what your soul and body can't do. Be blessed with being active and strong so that you will be complete spirit, soul, and body. Be blessed to hear your shepherd when he speaks to you. Be blessed as your spirit leads your soul, directing and instructing it in the ways and will of God's intentions. He knows the much more he has for you. God is up to something significant and eternal in strengthening and and enlarging you. Faithfully exercise your God-given identity and authority as a covenant child of God Most High. Be blessed to embrace the abundant life that Jesus died to give you. I want to thank you for listening to the Father's Business Podcast. Check us out at thefathersbusiness.com or follow us at thefathersbiz on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook.